The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself. Because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order? Cashback guru? Low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you. Because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store. Even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast. Clay Link here with lead prospect writer James Anderson. And James, we have some big news to kick off the show today. This news breaking right before we started recording, so kind of convenient timing. But Eloy Jimenez signing uh, an extension with the White Sox before he's even played in a major league game. I think it was something like $77 million. Uh, really interesting because, of course, this would seem to you know, eliminate any need to control the service time. Uh, Forty-three million guaranteed, but I think he can push up into the seventies. So good to see him just getting getting paid and hopefully starting the season on time, which is best for baseball. Yeah, I think that this is a it's a nice number and a nice uh, potential number for Eloy. I think that um, you know if we all put ourselves in the same place as him, I think just having that guaranteed money right away is just so nice. I mean, I know it's it's easy to say like, oh, that couldn't end up being a bargain for the team, and and maybe it maybe it will. I saw some Giants uh, beat writers saying that it really reminded them a lot of the Madison Bumgarner extension uh, from a while ago. That obviously ended up being very club friendly for the Giants, uh, but I mean, there's a big difference between getting you know, seven million a year or getting six hundred thousand a year for his first uh, few years in the big leagues. So uh props to both sides for for coming to terms on that. Um really excited just that he's gonna be in that opening day lineup, uh hitting either directly in front or directly behind Jose Abreu most likely. So um really good news if you drafted Eloy. I assume his uh ADP is gonna creep up after this news now that you can bank on a couple more weeks worth of at bats but i think he was already a bargain and you know i think he's he's the type of guy that you could look at well inside the top 100 now yeah he struggled in the spring though the spring <laughs> stats weren't really there but no i i like that that tweet from blessing that went viral congrats to him on that 
Uh, but do you see that where Eloy just like homered in a minor league game and apparently just hit a car? But uh, I don't know. The swing was just. So oh, I think I, I think I did. Yeah. Yep. Just a beautiful swing. Loved the uh, red gloves with the black jersey, just swagging out there. But uh, you mentioned that this will push Eloy up. Yeah, I think that's very very much clear. But just how high is the real question? Last night in an online championship draft, I was doing a B Clay Link League. Uh, he went ninth, ninth round, about the middle of the ninth. Um, obviously, wish that I had known this information ahead of time. Although I, I took Conforto the pick before, and I think maybe those two are uh, pretty close realistically in where they should go. Absolutely, I think that they are definitely close. You know, I think um, Eddie Rosario from last year's is maybe the kind of middling outcome for what I think you can get from Eloy this year. Uh, Conforto, yeah, I mean both both are very appealing targets in that range of the draft so i don't i don't think you missed out necessarily there but um you know i mean this guy's just a really really good all-around hitter i mean he's going to hit for average he's going to hit uh now that i think he's going to be on the opening day roster i think 30 plus homers is in play uh, i might project him for like 29 uh 28 29 something like that uh with a full season's worth of at bats but i mean he could he could definitely cruise past that he's got monster power he's got literally light tower power uh yeah. back from uh i think that was bp or a home run derby from a couple of years ago he he uh pulled a the natural and and hit a light out in out in the outfield so yeah i mean this guy's a stud happy that he got paid i saw a lot of people already kind of saying well what's this mean for like vlad and fernando tatis and stuff like that it's like well i mean i i guarantee you those teams would be open to um similar extensions it's just it comes down to the player and how important it is to get that that security right now or just try to get uh, the biggest contract you can in in six or seven years yeah man it's crazy i obviously the first thought that does come to your head is like man i hope the Blue Jays and Vlad can maybe work something out like this, but um, yeah, it was just the latest though with Eloy and a, a series of extensions that we saw yesterday. It was a flurry of them before official games started last night. Uh, Brandon Lowe got an extension. Uh, any just general thoughts on on this new trend we're seeing? Uh, I think that it's you know a lot of it probably stems from uh, the player agents. Uh, I think that it it benefits the player agent probably more than it benefits the team or the player. <laughs> so um, I think that that's kind of why you're seeing it. I mean, if you are representing a guy like Eloy or even a guy like Brandon Lowe uh, and you want to get a piece of the pie and an extension's by far the best way to do that because you're not guaranteed to be their agent by the time they hit the open market in six or seven years. And uh, they're not going to be getting anything in arbitration for for a few years, so uh, this is kind of your opportunity if you're that player agent, and you can kind of sell the player on, hey, look at the free agent um, situation we dealt with this past winter. Like you're not guaranteed to get anything uh, close to this by the time you hit the market. I mean, and, and Eloy specifically, you know, he's not the type of player that is faring well on the open market right now like a guy that's not going to give you much value with the glove uh, an all bat type of player i mean i think that it's it's maybe not that hard of a sell for the agent to say hey like this is this is a good deal for us uh, and that way the agent gets that that contract bonus uh now versus having to wait five or six years for it so um i think that that's kind of the uh situation i mean i think there's a lot of fear among the the players association right now um, just that looking at how teams are valuing players on the open market, like you kind of just want to get that, that security for you and your family. So uh, I think that that's kind of where it stems from. Interesting. Very interesting. Well, I want to shift our discussion over to your latest Farm Futures article. Always a fun one. Hitter predictions. I imagine pitcher predictions will follow next week. Yeah. Yep. Uh, awesome. just like last year, we do the hitters first, pitchers last, um, that kind of gives me the opportunity to get a better lay of the land of like projected starters for the start of the season and everything on the pitching side. Nice. So how, how do you do with these last year? Um, you know, I mean, I had some hits. I, I faded 
Billy Calhoun, I faded Francisco Mejia. I mean, last year, this time, both those guys were uh, getting quite a bit of hype. I mean, Mejia was going kind of in the same spot he's going now a year ago, and uh, my prediction on him was that he wouldn't uh, start a single game at catcher. He obviously did not start a single game at catcher with the Indians. He only did that after that trade. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I, it, I had some, some pretty ugly misses, which is sort of – when you do this type of thing, you're always going to remember the misses more than the hits. Uh, it's kind of like trading in a dynasty league. Like you, you don't really remember your good trades. You just remember the ones where you really, really wish you could have them back. Uh, I was, you know, you want to talk about some spring stats. Um, last year, Scott Kingery slashed 411, 441, 786 in the spring. Um, and I had a, a bullish Scott Kingery project prediction last year. That obviously did not happen. Uh, I was too low on Joe Adele a year ago, a little too high on Austin Beck. I have uh, a Highland Ortiz and Sheldon Noisy predictions that, that oh, really I, I wish I could uh, scrub those permanently from the internet, but they are, they are not <laughs> going anywhere. Noisy. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was hit or miss. I think I got a little too cute with them, like, you know, when you work on the top 400 all off season, you kind of get bored with the stuff that you just sort of assume in your head is, is clearly going to happen. And you start trying to like look further down the list and, and, uh, maybe get a little too bold with it. Um, so I, I tried this year to focus in a little bit more on, uh, the top of the top 400, uh, while sprinkling in some some stuff from from lower down. Very interesting. Well, let's get going right away with the good. You kind of have the good, the bad. Well, those those are from last year. Oh, right. sorry. No, I, I just saw Luis Urias, and I got excited for a second. Uh, but here we go for 2019. Kicking it off with Vlad, you have him hitting 315, 26 homers, beating out Eloy, who hits 292 with 27 homers. So good year for your Eloy, but, man, this kind of – expectation for Vlad is just through the roof. And I saw uh, Rob Silver tweeting the other day about his Vlad's 90th percentile Pakoda projection. It's just so much to dream on. We talked about last week about how the oblique issue may affect his arrival date, but may not push him back too far, hopefully. Um, so this is just one where you're saying, hey, I'm not expecting this issue to linger and really affect his performance on the field at least. No, and our, our injury expert, Jeff Stotts, who's really the best in the business at what he does, he came on, I was talking to him on, on one of the XM shows recently, and yeah, I mean, he's he's just not that worried about uh, the oblique thing with Vlad, which was very comforting for me. Uh, you know, I he focuses mostly on NBA stuff, so I, like, I immediately checked his Twitter account after that oblique thing just to sort of see if he had a take on it, but yeah, he came on and... Uh, you know, obliques, according to stats, are not uh, not really a recurring type of injury in the way that like a quad or a hamstring can be. Um, and I mean, it's it's very easy to just kind of look at Vlad's size and the fact that he got hurt and just sort of assume it's going to be a long term thing. I think it definitely is something to be concerned about. Uh, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten years down the road. Like, I mean, obviously by then you know, the, the size of his body could, could start to affect the production. I don't think it will at all really in the, the five, six year short term. Um, so yeah, not, not too worried about it. The batting average, I think is the big, uh, variable with, with Vlad this year in terms of whether he makes, uh, the people that are high on him look good or the people that are fading him look, look, uh, good. I mean, it, it, if he hits three fifteen, that's good. If he only hits like 290, I think he's going to struggle to return third round value just because uh, he, you know, we can only count on a certain amount of at bat from him this year. So I, I think there's going to be easy, you know, 35, 40 homer upside long term. I don't expect him to come close to that this year. So the batting average really needs to be there, I think, for him to return the value. And I think it will be. Yeah, I think the. The numbers speak for themselves. We know what this player is, really, even though he hasn't done it at the big league level. The fact that he hit you know, 400 at AA as a 19-year-old, I think, just speaks to just how talented he is and the the bat-to-ball. I don't think there'll be a big adjustment period. 
I was really hoping to get him in the fifth round last night in the online championship, but Chris Oliver, the defending overall champion in the NFPC online championship, grabbed him uh, with the eighth pick in the fifth round. So that was crushing. You know, going from you know potentially getting Vlad to taking Patrick Corbin in the fifth, <laughs> that's a huge emotional swing. Still trying to recover from that. But um, James, next up is Wander Franco, who you say – Finishes the year at Double A and enters twenty twenty as the game's top prospect. I think he's three on your list right now. So this is yeah. I mean the 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 top prospect thing. Not nothing bold at all about that. Yeah. Um, people always ask me just like where you know how quick is he going to be to get to the big leagues, given that he's a, a raised prospect. And so the Double A thing is kind of the big takeaway here. I think you could ask pretty much anyone that covers prospects, and they would expect him to be the game's top prospect a year from now. Um, but the fact that he, I think he could get up to double A really opens the door for him to do some damage in 2020 in, in the big leagues. That's interesting. Could see him right away next year. That'd be awesome. He really is, you feel strongly, an Acuna Vlad Uber prospect type. Yeah, uh, no question at all. Um, I mean, he's ahead of. Uh, since I've been doing this, I can't remember a player his age. Uh, that was as good as he is um, this young. I mean, he's kind of ahead of where those guys were at the same age. So um, he's absolutely got superstar, number one overall player type of upset. Number three would probably ruffle some feathers of Fernando Tatis owners, but this is sticking with your approach and your mentality throughout the winter. And you expect Bo Bichette to out-earn Fernando Tatis in 15-team mixed leagues. Um Bichette has been crushing the ball this spring, looks ready. Do you think it's maybe a situation where he gets the call earlier, or do you expect him to outperform him on the field as well? Uh, you know, both of these guys are just so tough to say when they when they debut. Um, I think in my article last week, I had them both coming up around the same time in early June. Um, it, to me, it's just about what I expect their batting averages to be. I think that Tatis has more home run upside this year. Uh, I think they have kind of similar stolen base upside. Uh, I think there could just be a, a really big gap in, in terms of their batting average. That's kind of what I'm banking on. Even if Tatis beat Bichette up by a month, six weeks, something like that, I still think that that batting average gap could be enough for Bichette to out-earn him, uh, even with Tatis having the counting stat advantage. Very interesting. Next up, number four on the hitter prediction side, Alex Kirloff and Trevor Larnock. Is it Larnock? 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 Uh, I would say Larnock. Um, okay. This one's already it... out of out of date, by oh, the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, it, yeah, I mean, you can go ahead and, and say what it is, and then I'll correct where I okay. misstep. So you have both of these guys hitting over 300 with 20-plus home runs over multiple minor league stops, and we head into the offseason with long-term questions about how the Twins will find room for five talented outfielders. Uh, what's changed since you wrote this? So the Twins are going to start uh, converting uh, Alex Kirilov to uh, first baseman, which I think, it, I think makes all the sense in the world. So. You know, Kirilov has has absolutely filled out since he was an amateur, uh, and you know he already is starting to look like a guy that might fit better at, at first. So uh, that makes a lot of sense. You know, I think you know you can pick holes in the games of of their three big league outfielders for sure, but I think all those guys are good enough at at certain facets of the game to be everyday guys. So then that raises the question where to Kirilov and Larnick play. And I think both these guys are going to be knocking on the door come 2020. Like they're both going to be guys who uh, get drafted at redraft leagues. I think Larnick is, is going to be that good in, in his first season. And I think what, what we see happen now with this news that Kirilov is going to move to first base, I think that opens it up for Larnick to kind of be the, the DH for them. Uh, he's the worst outfielder of the bunch defensively. So, that would make some sense with Kirilov at first base. But, yeah, stand, stand by those production uh, predictions on, on both those guys. Number five, Luis Castillo. Or Luis Castillo. I've got reds on my mind. Luis Garcia turns 19 in May, hits 300 at AA and finishes the year at AAA. I know you've been high on this guy for a while, 18 years old only. So, you know, this one this one does seem pretty bold. I mean, finishing the year at AAA at his age, um, 
Uh, I like going out on a limb here, but what makes you so confident that he will rise quickly? Well, it it helps being in the organization he's in. The Nationals uh, move players as quickly as they are um, as they prove capable of handling. I mean, Garcia was in big league camp this year. I think he was the youngest player in a major league camp, and he held his own. Uh, the the power I think is what everyone's like worried about. Like, is he going to hit for power? Well. You know, I think given his size, if he hits for three, if he hits three hundred as a nineteen-year-old at Double A, finishes at Triple A, uh, I think people will just have to kind of accept the fact that he's a special hitter and the power. I think you kind of just got to assume it it comes in the form of twenty homer pop. And yeah, I mean, I just I think that the hit tool is special enough for him to just not really be challenged in terms of batting average anytime soon. A real quick word from one of our sponsors, Draft. If you love fantasy baseball, you need to be playing best ball on Draft. Here's how it works. It's season long with no management. Once you're done drafting, that's it. No trades, no waiver wire. You don't even have to set your lineup. Your best players get automatically selected, and you'll get the best score every week guaranteed. League start every minute, so you can join one right now. And the best part, play for cold, hard cash and get paid out the next day. Draft started just $1, so there's a draft for everyone. Download the app right now to search Draft in your app store or play from your computer on Draft.com. This year, they're running a $100,000 best ball championship. Draft the best team, and you could win a piece of $100,000 in prizes. It's that easy. All new players get a free entry into a best ball draft when you make your first deposit and use promo code ROTOWIRE. Just search Draft in the app store or go to Draft.com and come play free with promo code ROTOWIRE. James, next up. Christian Robinson, you have going 2020 cross stops at low A and high A in route to entering 2020 as a top five prospect. And I got to share Christian Robinson, the Sirius XM uh, host dynasty league, all on your recommendation. It seems like you are higher on him than, than most in the industry. Is that, is that true? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I guess I don't know where people have him ranked, but just based on the questions I get, uh, it sort of seems that way. I mean, I think there are definitely factions of people that that do this that have him as kind of a top 25 top 30 guy uh it's just it's really just all about the ceiling that he has and what he's done already as a as a pro that's that's been so impressive and and just what scouts i've talked to have, have kind of said about him um you know, I, I think the big question. I think he's already shown he can get to power in games. He's he's already shown he can show his speed on the bases. The big question is just kind of like what what type of batting average does he hit for this year? Uh, even if he hits like two sixty five, two seventy, something like that, I think everyone's just going to be kind of all in on him after this year. Uh, but you know, it's possible that he only hits two forty, two forty five, something like that, and then. Um, you'll have people being a little lukewarm on him, but I'm, I'm not worried about the, the power or the speed being there at the end of the year. Nice. And I love the story, too, about, I think it was Christian Robinson, right? The guy who was kind of stunting on people at the fall start. Uh, that that was... Uh, oh, that was Jazz? That was Jazz. Okay. I get the, they're both in the <laughs> same I mean, organization, right? Yeah they're, yeah, they're both from the Bahamas. They're both in the D-backs org. Um, but, yeah, Robinson's more of a... Um, kind of reserved let's let's his game do the talking type of guy J- jazz though uh <laughs> yeah. stunt city yeah that's stunt tight. city that's tight okay, brian hayes uh who has 15 total home runs in 348 games since entering pro ball you have hitting 15 homers and 300 stealing double digit bags at triple a enters 2020 as a top 12 prospect he's kind of guy who's had a little bit of f- fatigue i've seen the name hanging around lists for a while, but why, why is he trending back upward for you? Uh, I think he's made strides as a power hitter that, that maybe don't show up. Like if you just glance at his like fan page or something, uh, it might still look that like he's not hitting for enough power to be a third baseman, but um, you know, he, he was at a very pitcher friendly park last year he has the size and you know the the strength i think to be a power hitter 
And that's really the only part of the game that anyone is worried about. Everyone agrees the hit tool is is pretty special. His defense at third base is pretty special. He didn't run as much last year as he has in past years, and he's not necessarily a plus runner, but he's the type of guy that has the instincts and the on-base skills that's just going to kind of result in in double-digit stolen bases in the big leagues. So um, I think the power comes, you know, with a lot of these guys, it's sort of, oh, why are you so high on this guy? Like Cabrian Hayes, Luis Garcia, uh, you know, are they going to hit for power? Like my ranking – tells you that yes i think they're they're going to hit for power uh most players that are you know unless you're just like a string beam as long as you have a really special hit tool and you're just not trying to dump everything into the opposite field you're going to eventually hit for power in the big leagues and you know there's been some i've gotten some questions about when do we see hayes up uh with a lot of orgs i think you could say that you'd see him up in june or july with the pirates there's just not a ton in their history that says that they're gonna rush him up this year and i think that they are probably going to use this whole season to sort of evaluate the other players on on their big league roster guys like colin moran and you know i mean i I know that jung ho gong has gotten a lot of uh love and you know in the past uh, few days but like you know colin moran was a guy who was part of their part of their return for uh Garrett Cole so um I I think that they you know I know he's going to start the year in a reserve role but uh if it's just too crowded I think for Hayes to be up this year Uh, I think that eventually they're just going to want to get looks at all these different guys they've got this kind of log jam of mediocre infielders uh that they're all going to give playing time to this year and I, I think that it'll be early next season when we see Hayes in the big leagues I I don't appreciate this next one, James. You had to do it to me. Uh, Taylor Trammell, it's 255 with fewer than 10 homers at AA. He's his Dynasty League stock take a hit. This is a guy who has a career 284 average in the minors. Um, why Are you just doing this to kind of <laughs> irk me or no? What, well, I just what? I wanted to make sure there was a Reds prediction so we could talk about the Reds. <laughs> I didn't – Yeah, yeah I got to hit our Reds quota. But no, I, I – <laughs> You know, Brian Hayes on the upward swing, you're kind of souring on Trammell. What do you see there that, that you don't particularly love? Uh, I just think that this is kind of a – the it's going to illustrate sort of the, the gap in quality of pitching that you will see at high A and double A. Um, he's just not a guy that I think has really ever had to make uh, adjustments against uh, pro pitching and – this is the year that he's going to have to start making some adjustments and uh, you know, we'll see how he does. I I could be totally wrong about this. I mean, he's extremely talented. He's got a ton of upside just from a raw tools perspective. Uh, I'm just a little iffy on his ability to get it into games against advanced pitching. Uh, This prediction really just kind of explains why I have him ranked where I have him ranked. I think a lot of places probably have him like 20, even 30 spots higher. Um, So this is just kind of, an explanation of that ranking. I hear you. Now, Brendan Rogers is a guy I know you've been down on relative to a lot of analysts in the, the prospect world. You have him being a below average hitter at AAA this year. Is it, I think you've mentioned that it, it was at the curveball that he really struggled with or something. Uh, just, just all, 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 speed, all off speed stuff. I mean, yeah, he, 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 I mean, he can, he can hit fastballs. Uh, he's got a, you know, he just does not walk. I think he had a, I think he had like two walks at AAA last year or something like that, um, which is – it's not a complete deal breaker. Like you'll see prospects that I have, you know, like Jesus Sanchez with the Rays doesn't really walk. He's uh, he's in my top 50. Tyler Freeman with the Indians, uh, he's, he's a pretty aggressive hitter who just makes a ton of contact. He doesn't walk much. I've got him ranked pretty high. Uh, but with Brendan Rodgers' set of skills and weaknesses, the fact that he doesn't walk uh, on top of all that is a bit of an issue. Um, you know, you combine a guy that does not have a patient approach and struggles with off-speed stuff, like that's just a, a recipe for disaster. And, yeah, I'm kind of – this one's not as bold, I don't think, as as a lot of people will think it is just because I think – the way that WRC plus is going to end up getting calculated 
it's going to look poorly upon a guy like Brendan Rodgers. But, you know, I think a lot of people have started to kind of come to my side of the fence on on the Brendan Rodgers thing. But, um, you know, he still kind of gets talked about as a guy that's going to be an everyday player for them long term. And I just I don't really see that. I think that he's a guy they should have traded a couple years ago. I think Garrett Hampson's better than him. I think Ryan McMahon's better than him. Um, and at this point, I just I don't know. I don't think his trade value is going to be all that all that high if they do look to move him. I'm glad you mentioned Ryan McMahon just as kind of a sidebar here. I I think this is the most interesting job battle in the majors. Not really going on much of a limb there, but in Colorado, like this could whoever plays more between Hampson and McMahon could really have a, a big fantasy year. Could be a pretty high round pick next year. How do you see that playing out? Do you do you still like Hampson or are you shying away? No, I, I've, uh, you know, I, I think I, I wrote the notes on those two guys like a week ago when uh, at first kind of the beat, beat reporters were, were sort of speculating that it's going to be a bit of a timeshare. Uh, you know, as soon as, it, you know, there weren't good quotes early in camp um, just from the Rockies side of things where uh, they kind of went out of their way to say, like, none of the guys competing for that second base job are, like, going to be dj lemayhew um and i've never been a big dj lemayhew fan so that's that's kind of a a diss on all those guys to say like oh they're not capable of being dj lemayhew um yeah it, it just hasn't it hasn't been looking good for hampson for a couple weeks now through no fault of his own just uh the fact that the rockies see this as a as a legit job battle on the fact that mcmahon's uh, not just outplayed hampson he's outplayed pretty much everyone in the majors so far in spring training and, you know, I know you and I don't give a crap about spring stats, but uh, the Rockies clearly seem to. And um, the fact that McMahon's got the platoon advantage over those two guys just points to him getting more bats this year. Hey, another quick word from our sponsor before we move on and, and finish up with these hitter predictions. If you're like me, you wake up in the morning with brain fog, feeling lazy and confused. That's not great. Your job requires you to be on top of everything, but your mind often slows down, your attention drifts away, and your memory fails. Uh, Ian Kahn did an impression of me in New York, and uh, apparently to him I'm just Wilford Brimley, so this all kind of checks out. <laughs> Coffee and prescription meds have failed you, leaving you with jitters and a lack of sleep. Worst of all, it keeps happening when you need to be on top of your game. Lucky for you, Onnit may have the answer. With a team of scientists and researchers, Onnit took the best earth-grown botanicals and created a one-of-a-kind cognitive enhancer called Al- called Alpha Brain. Could be the solution you have been looking for. Alpha Brain works. It has been clinically studied to help healthy individuals support memory focus and processing speeds. Is made from normal ingredients found in nature, and for a limited time, Onnit is giving you a chance. To try Alpha Brain for free. Just pay shipping. If you are not satisfied, you can keep the bottle and on it will give you a full refund. You don't even have to call. No hoops, no catch, nothing. It's an easy way. Uh, it's as easy as it possibly can be. Entirely risk-free with a 100% money-back guarantee. Go to onnit.com slash rotowire slash rotowire. That's O-N-N-I-T dot com slash rotowire. Try it today. James, back to your list here. Nolan Gorman. Pretty interesting guy who, you know, I've heard some buzz this spring. Just I've heard he's just been cracking some long homers, but you have some concerns uh, about the swing and miss here. Yeah, uh, he has crazy raw power. Um, you know, top three or four raw power in the minors, and that's why he's such a exciting prospect. But I think the the reasons that led him to fall to the Cardinals I think with the 19th overall pick in last year's draft were just defense and hit tool and I think that he's impressed some evaluators early on with the defense and and people are starting to think he might be able to stick at third base uh but I you know I think that there's gonna be some growing pains for him uh against with a full season and at low a he struggled there obviously last year uh, but that was really to be expected just based on the, the pre-draft scouting report. I think this is the year where um, we sort of get a sense of like how good is this guy at making adjustments? Can he you know, show up in that league and, and be a better hitter this time around? Or will the, the book on him kind of just be out all year and, 
and we see him making some some ugly strikeouts uh, against low A hitters. I'm I'm gonna bet on it being the the worst outcome of of those two, but uh, he's talented. So I, I mean, I could I could be wrong about this one too, but he's definitely in that camp of of prospects that I'm I'm lower on than the pack. Very interesting. You know, in the RDI, you know, supplemental first year player draft, whatever you want to call it. Um, I picked Nico Horner over Jordan Groshans, who's your number 11 uh, hitter prediction here. You have Groshans with a pretty favorable projection here. 290, 20 homers as a 19-year-old. So I'm kind of regretting that one. Is, is Groshans rising up your list even as games still haven't officially started yet? Uh, he's not really rising, but he's just a guy I've been high on uh, all offseason. Uh, you know, with, with Horner, Horner versus Groshans, I think – Horner's definitely got the higher floor. He's probably going to beat Groshans to the big leagues by like a couple of years. So I don't think that that was a bad pick at all. Uh, I just have Groshans ranked a little higher because I think he's got a significantly higher upside. I think the power specifically is a big mark in his favor. I love his body as a as a prep pick coming into his first full season. He's got that that kind of perfect third baseman's body where you can just see him sort of growing into it, um, kind of like, uh, you know, Manny Machado type of frame at that age. Um, so, yeah, I just I think he's got a really high upside power batting average. Um, but, you know, Nico Horner, I mean, there's, there's a non-zero chance Nico Horner gets to the big leagues this year. So I think oh. that, that could still work out for you. Hey, that's good to hear. I mean, the bat ball is pretty appealing with Horner, but maybe the upside is this cap. Luis Robert, you have uh, being solid in a return trip to high A, but falls flat after an early June promotion to double A. Enters 2020 outside the top 100. Um, how big of a fall would that be? I know you're kind of down on him to begin with. Yeah, I'm, I'm down on him already. So he's, I think he's probably around like 80 on my rankings. So that wouldn't be that big of a drop for me, but he's obviously a lot higher. You know, I was More in of a some... consensus outside the top 100. Well, actually, when I'm when I'm saying outside the top 100, I'm I'm referring to my rankings. Okay. Um, obviously, it's easy to make. It might look easy to make predictions on how your own rankings are going to look because you're the gatekeeper <laughs> on that. But uh, you know, I mean, if I'm wrong about Robert, I'm not going to just have him outside my top 100. Yeah. Um, he's. I was in some uh, some minor league mock drafts earlier this offseason where he was still getting treated like a top 20 overall prospect. And I just don't really see that. Uh, I think he's talented enough to become that type of player. I just don't think we've got any proof that the hit tools anywhere close to that good against uh, pro pitching. So um, I think he's just one of those guys with tools and the, the hit tool falls short. But I, I could be wrong about that. Number 13, Jorge Mateo. You have logging five steals with the big league team in September as a, a late call-up. Um we know the speed's there, but are you still optimistic that he's going to hit enough to allow the speed to play? You know, when he's fully developed, he just has to hit enough. Like that's the key word there. Is like I, nobody. I mean, Jorge Mateo probably doesn't think he's ever going to be like a two ninety hitter in the big leagues. Um, but he d- he really just needs to be like a two forty five, two fifty hitter in the big leagues to be an everyday shortstop. He's he's good enough with the glove. He's going to do enough on the bases to to make that worthwhile, and he's got he's got some sneaky pop too. So, uh, I'm sort of betting on just him really rebounding off of a really horrific season last year at AAA. Uh, people are are writing him off. I think in a lot of places you could get him dirt cheap in, in dynasty leagues right now. Uh, but the the stolen base upside is is still elite. He's got uh, 80 grade speed. And the fact that he's a good enough defender at shortstop, just the bar for him to clear offensively is is a lot lower than it is with a lot of guys. Number 14, Jordan Adams. I mean, woof with this prediction. Hitting under 260 with fewer than five homers. Um, How far off are you on Jordan Adams uh, between your evaluation and kind of the consensus? Uh, I think the, like, median consensus i'm i'm pretty close there are probably people that have him 70 spots higher than i do and i think there are a lot of people that have him kind of right around where i do uh really really impressive athlete uh but i 
And I, I was thinking about even making that batting average prediction a little lower, but I think just against low-A defenses, his speed will allow him to hit 260, uh, 250, 255, something like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he's he struggles to lift the ball right now in games. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there's there's going to be speed there, but it's going to be a while before the power shows up, if it ever does, against uh, pro pitching. Nice. 15, Terso Ornelas. Uh, injury plagued season last year, but still fared well when on the field. You have him hitting twenty homers, uh, the three hundred average in the Cal League before a late season promotion to Double A. Uh, where does he check in on the top four hundred? Uh, he's right around Adams, kind of in that one hundred to one twenty five range. Uh, so, you know, I had a prediction about him last year uh that i probably would have been right about if he hadn't gotten hurt but he missed um he missed probably like 40 games last year 30 games something like that uh and what he his was one of the most uh sort of underappreciated impressive years you'll see from a guy at low a uh he was an 18 year old all season long was above league average uh got to some power he's a big kid he's like 62 uh think there's going to be 25 plus homer power there eventually but if you just combine like his his bat to ball ability hit tool everything with the conditions of the cow league i think you're going to see a pretty big year from him very nice jake fraley he was part of the uh paxton deal right he was part of the zanino deal oh zanino deal nice well he's kind of an advanced type of guy right he's 23 may contribute relatively soon yeah i think he really turned heads in pro uh in in the big league camp this year and that trade just could not have been better for his uh dynasty league value because i mean it's going to be really really tough to break into that tampa bay rays outfield anytime soon and it's going to be really really easy to break into that mariners outfield and i think there's going to be a point in you know, June, July, something like that, where the Mariners are just like, all right, this guy's had a really impressive year in the upper levels of the minors. We know that these guys that we're giving a bat to right now suck, so let's just give uh, Jake Fraley uh, a shot. I don't think he's going to be amazing across the board, but I think he's going to, you know, he's a guy that I like a lot just for his across the board potential. He's a borderline plus runner. He's a really good defensive center fielder. Uh, he just smokes the ball, um, still working on uh, hitting enough balls in the air to, to be a significant home run threat. But um, I just I think he's he's really good at pretty much every facet of the game, and it won't be too long until he's an everyday player for them. Nice. Uh, 17, the word bust or <clears throat> bust. I'm having a problem like finishing off my words tonight. Stayed up late for the game and didn't get a lot of sleep. The word bust starts to fall, uh, be thrown around in regard to Alec Baum. You've been down on Baum relative to the pack for a, a long time. Can you just kind of explain to us and reiterate your concerns with this player? Yeah, he's 6'5", uh, third baseman. He's probably going to end up at first base. He put up good numbers at Wichita State, but the, to me it was just a bad pick at the time by the Phillies. Um I mean, guys like this, you just have to be so damn good offensively to be an everyday player, uh, given his defensive limitations. And those are the type of guys you should be getting, you know, free agency, in trade, something like that. You shouldn't be using a number three overall pick on them. And yeah, I just, I I think he was just an overrated hitter. Uh, He was facing really mediocre competition at Wichita State. Uh, I, I just think he's kind of a guy that's destined to be a quad A hitter. Uh, could be, could be very wrong about that. Obviously, you know, last year was pretty bad when he got into pro ball, but you could explain that away if you want by just saying it was a long college season for him, and um, he'll be better this year. You know, with you know a full off season worth of rest and and pro instruction. But uh, I've I've been low on him for a while, and I'm gonna keep riding that. Nice. Well, these last three names on on the list here, I don't really know much about. Noel V. Marte and Tony uh, and 
Anthony Flores. <laughs> Antony. Antony Flores. Israel Pineda, can you just kind of summarize your feelings on these players? Yeah, I think Marte, Noevi Marte is a uh, shortstop, might end up at third base, uh, July 2 guy that the Mariners signed last offseason. Uh, I think he really breaks out this year and becomes a, a hot Batty commodity. Uh, I think he's going to be the number two guy from that class behind Marco Luciano. Uh, Anthony Flores was a 2017 July 2 signee by the Red Sox. He was awesome in very limited action last year. Uh, injury kind of cut short what might have been a breakout year for him. I'm basically betting that he kind of picks up where he left off and left off and finishes at low A this year, which would be really impressive for a guy his age. And then Israel Pineda is a catcher in the national system, had a good year in short season ball last year. They've been pretty aggressive with him, especially for a catcher. He's a bat first guy, uh, but I think he could kind of follow in uh, the footsteps of guys like Ronaldo Hernandez. Uh, MJ Melendez and kind of be this year's catching prospect who breaks out and becomes kind of a borderline top 100 prospect. Awesome. Well, really good article. Great stuff as always. We appreciate the insight. Uh, I want to turn it over to you for your first, uh, you know, for the first uh, pick this week in the um, countdown of the most memorably bad hip hop songs of all time. Um, I got a, I got a pretty good one this week, but I wanted to, I've been going first most weeks, so I'll throw it to you. All right. Yeah, uh, I can definitely uh, – this is one that I hadn't thought of when I was kind of putting my list together. And then uh, my wife and I were driving up north uh, for a, a ski trip this past weekend, and I put on uh, an Outcast playlist on Spotify. Love Outcast, uh, one of my favorite hip-hop groups of all time. Um but hey, yeah, uh, is a song that yeah, I don't I don't care for. It's uh, a really good call. I think it it was you know I bought that that double disc, the Speaker Box and Love Below album. Like I, I think it that was an an excellent double disc uh, by them, and and I didn't even mind hey, yeah, uh, like the first five or ten times I heard it. Um, but you know now I've probably heard it you know a thousand times maybe, and that's. 995 times too many uh it's just it's made i think it's made for like suburban moms that are kind of like doing household chores you know that type of thing uh just not not really hip-hop at all it's just kind of pop and uh yeah. wish it wish it hadn't been on that album because then i wouldn't have had to hear it so many times in my life yeah that's pretty easily their worst song yeah i'd say pretty pretty easily and i respect that you've been going after some Artists that you yeah. do actually love, you know, yeah. you had you went after Biggie recently, yeah. you, you, taking a shot. Got to keep him honest. Yeah, taking a shot at Outcast this week. I'm going to take a shot at a guy that I, I do like a lot, a real OG, a uh, member of the Dog Pound, mm. Corrupt, with the song "It's Over." Oh off, yeah, uh, That's Space good. Boogie, Smoke yeah. Odyssey. It's a good call. Liked that album a lot, but man, this song was bad. Um, the really just annoying hook. Yeah, it's over now. Like, <laughs> come on, man. This is this is something where like if he'd had a, a single, a proper single, a good single to to promote this Space Boogie Smoke Odyssey album, he could have really taken off because otherwise this was a, a banger. Yeah, I think that sometimes guys get bad advice from their record labels with like, yeah. oh, we need a single to properly promote this album. It's like, well. Look, it's corrupt. It's it's space boogie smoke odyssey. Like we're not trying to appeal to the people that are like listening to the radio necessarily. Yeah. Like this is this is going to be a, a classic that we're just going to hope via word of mouth sells you know enough enough copies for you guys to get your money back. Um, yeah, killing your your own credibility with a song like this. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you got to maintain the street cred, and a song like it's it's over. You know, it, it doesn't bring in that mainstream it just kind of pushes off the hardcores you yes know? it's uh, not a song that did its job in, in trying to attract the mainstream so that's my pick this week uh your pick was a good one as well uh, appreciate our buddy andrew redding for keeping this playlist this horrible I, awful playlist up to date i also want to say shouts to to ralph lifshitz who um i think you told him about this or maybe he just heard it on the uh, podcast and then he was like 
yeah, I've been trying to think of like some stuff. And then he was like, have you ever heard of South Park Mexican? And he, uh, he sent me like a YouTube of like a song <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I'm not going to listen to this. Like, uh, Oh, hey, I actually like SPM. <laughs> well, I'm an SPM. Well, I can't really say that. I haven't listened to him in a long time. It's it. This is like a, it's an exercise where if somebody has a submission that they want me to consider, I'm just not going to listen to it because it's like, <laughs> here's it's this terrible <laughs> song. Why don't you check this out? You should maybe feature this one. Like, <laughs> yeah. Just digging digging around for the worst of the worst. I, it's not an exercise I recommend, but uh, we're going to c- continue doing that to close out the show moving forward. We appreciate you guys taking the time to listen. Talk to you next week. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.